Welcome to another episode of Hear and Obey. I'm Ryan Chase, one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church, and I'm joined again by Matt Groon, one of our pastoral residents, and it's been a joy for us to sit down together and read through a text of Scripture that was just preached, and to do so uh, with a view to apply God's Word to our lives, to believe what's said, to be affected, changed by it. I think that's that's the hard part. It's one thing to read God's words, one thing to sit through the sermon and hear it, but to be affected by it takes some follow-up, some further thought and meditation and reflection. So that's our goal here. And we are in Exodus 3, verses 10 through 15. So I'm going to read this, and then we'll we'll talk about this incredible <clears throat> passage, God's revelation of himself and his covenant name to his people. Exodus 3, verse 10. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Father, thank you for your word. We pray that it would dwell in us richly, that you would sanctify us by your word. Your word is truth. Pray that we would be deeply affected in our hearts and our minds and in our actions uh, as we trust Mm. and believe all that you've said to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a passage. Revelation of God to Moses at a turning point in redemptive history. Mm. Um, This is certainly a high point. Uh, And it's, you know, before we get to the answer to that question, what is your name? Yeah. uh, That Moses asks, we have this interchange between Moses and the Lord who appears to Moses in the burning bush. So we saw the burning bush last week. I think this this conversation back and forth between God and Moses is so fascinating there yeah. in verses 10 through 12. Um, what, what stands out to you just in reading through this? Some observations. What do you notice? Yeah, man. <clears throat> well, as we've said, it is kind of a where we broke the sermon up or the sermon series up. It is mm-hmm. kind of like, well, you, bro- you broke it up mid, mid-conversation. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting how on verse... If you before at the end of nine, if you would have read um, the promises that God makes, like I have seen the affliction, verse seven of those who are in Egypt, my people, I know mm-hmm. their sufferings. I've come down to deliver them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you get this. All right, great, he's here, fantastic. And then verse ten introduces, uh, "Come, I will send you to Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you may bring." It's like if this was a movie, the soundtrack would have been sweeping, and then all of a sudden he says that. It's like that DJ screen, like that. Yeah. that Wait a minute. <laughs> Moses has paused. Um, you mean <clears throat> I'm going to be going mm. uh, and mm. having the trouble with that. Another thing that sticks out to me, and I just thought of this as you were reading it. 
like you said, a lot of conversation happens before mm. God or before Moses asks, "What is your name?" Mm. That's interesting to me. What mm-hmm. he certainly has some idea of right. what's happening mm-hmm. because if he's making if this first of all the you have the weird, crazy burning bush that isn't burning up. So there's there's that oddity, and then this voice that comes out, this holy ground, mm-hmm. like. He has some interaction. Or he has he has to have some sense of I'm in, encountering the divine. Yeah. But yet he asks him his name. Mm. It, it almost feels you know as you as you read it, it, it had to come after. All right, you're going to go, Moses. Mm. And then Moses says, Well, hold on, hold on. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. you're going to be sending me back to there, yeah. I got to see some. I need to see a resume. Right. And the fact that God answers him the way that he does, mm. he just says. I am who I am. Don't I, I am who I am. I, you know, as 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 you know, mm. that that can be translated. I am who I am, or mm. I am what I am, or I will be what I. I mean, it's just yeah. what All it does is it encompasses the. It just shows at least I, if I were Moses in receiving that word, yeah. would say, I don't need you, Moses, mm. but you're going. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not dependent on you to be fulfilling this. But good news, mm. I will be with you. Yeah. As you're saying that, I'm just looking back earlier in in the encounter. Right away, God warns Moses, mm. "Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet. The place on which you are standing is holy ground." So, mm. so there's an indication who he's dealing with. Um, this this is God. And then the very next thing God says, verse six: "I am the God of yeah. your father, the God of Abraham, the God of God of Isaac, the God of Jacob." Um, so M- Moses knows this is God, and the God, the, the covenant-making, covenant-keeping God of his forefathers. Yeah, that's right. And yet, again, there's this question, um, by what name do we call you? How do we refer to you? Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's a looking for an assurance, a reassurance. And, you know, there's interesting conversation. Um, as Greg mentioned, that covenant name of God, Yahweh, appears throughout Genesis. Mm-hmm. So, so this is not the first time that it comes up. In fact, the first place it appears is Genesis two, all the way back in the beginning. That's right. The first, the first chapter is just God. It's, it's not Yahweh. It's, it's just, I think it's Elohim. Mm. Okay, if, if I believe. And then all of a sudden in Genesis chapter two, two yeah. when all of a sudden Moses drops in on the actual, he re he, he reexamines day six where man was made. Yeah. But it wasn't just made like all the rest. There's a personal relationship and now it's and the Lord God formed man so now you have this intimacy yeah. that was unlike in Genesis 1 where you just see God overall power just, that's right. so Moses it's, it's so interesting that the author is talking about himself and his yeah. interaction because I think you're exactly right God uses that name or he uses that name for God in the past mm-hmm. so he recognizes that at this point in he's when he's thinking back through this encounter with yeah. God he is interacting with Something different. Yeah. 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 And I think his need for comfort and reassurance mm. and proof um, is is revealing. I mean, you think about the task that he's exactly the, the task that he's given. Mm-hmm. Egypt is the world superpower. Right. Pharaoh is the most powerful man on earth. Moses is a fugitive from Egypt. Um, Moses was known and you know would be recognizable there, even though it's mm-hmm. been a long time. So it, it's understandable why it's such a daunting thing. And Moses had tried. We saw back in chapter <laughs> two, <coughs> You're right. tried to deliver. He was rejected. 
by his own people. Mm. Um, you know, what's interesting back in that story is word has gotten out, word gets to Pharaoh. Well, the only way for word to get to Pharaoh is through the Hebrews mm. who saw what Moses did. So Reported to the authorities. He, he, yeah, <laughs> so he doesn't even trust them. So, I mean, just all these reasons why Moses is completely overwhelmed by this assignment. Come, mm. I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses says, who am I? And, and I, I thought it was so helpful the way that Greg made this point. Notice what God doesn't say. Mm. He doesn't pump him up. That's right. What do you mean, who are you? It's you're, not a pep talk. You're my guy. You're the one. You're you know, uniquely suited for this. You have all the education of Egypt. You have 40 years of experience out here in the wilderness. You're you're the one for the job. That's right. <laughs> it's nothing I about you. I made you for this. You. Yeah. Um, it, it, God doesn't answer him with anything about Moses. Mm. He answers it completely in reference to God himself. And and just that truth that it, it really is never about us. Yeah. It's about God and Everything pertaining to us, it has to do with us in relationship to God. That's right. And that reality of God being with his people yeah. is the defining thing that marks the people of God for the rest of time. Right. In, in the Old Testament, I forget, you, you probably know the reference, but when um, when, we'll when the people say to, to Moses later on, I think, um, I think it must have been in Leviticus or probably Numbers, where... Moses is about to say to God, "Sorry, we, 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 you know, the people aren't going to do art." Oh yeah, and and the people beg Moses, "Don't let him go away without mm. us, or don't yeah. let us send him. Don't send us away without him." Yeah, we'll get to that in Exodus. Oh, is that next? Yeah, yeah. And, thirty-four. And then also, what is is it? David in Second Samuel, where he says, um, "What other nation on earth?" has the laws and the statutes and the right then to have this type of relationship. So the nearness of God and his covenantal relationship with his people is what makes the people of God, the people of God, they're unique yeah. from all others. And that's true for us too in the new Testament as new Testament people, except the differences is it's in, and this is what Greg got to at the end. The differences is we have the fullness of God and not just the fullness of God in his presence, but the same God who incarnated, became incarnate, mm. lived, Died in our in on our account as our representative, rose so that we might rise, and now dwells. His spirit is so intimate; it dwells yeah. within us and has actually replaced our heart of stone with flesh. Mm. So, that idea of I think you're exactly right. That can give me, first of all, it's relatable what Moses says right. to God of like, who am I? <laughs> I don't feel, I don't feel equipped or ready or whatever. That's a relatable feeling, right. I think, of being asked to do something that feels impossible or being put in a situation that feels unbearable. Yeah. Or, yeah. But God has promised not that we would, everything's going to go great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything will work out exactly how you want it to. It's just the promise of, I will be with you. Right. And I, and I think the, the wording of it is, it just, it seems so sweet to me mm-hmm. that... Moses has this objection, who am I? So clearly he is looking at that commission through the lens of himself mm. and saying, nope, can't do it. <laughs> Got the wrong guy. I, I'm not suited, mm. um, n- not qualified. A- and everything changes when you view it through the lens of who God is. But mm. God's response to Moses in verse 12, he said, but I will be with you. Just the mm. fact that it starts with that that word, 
but yeah. God's answer is, but I will be with you. Yeah. Moses says, who am I? But I will be with you. I mean, it's just such a there's this rhetor- sweet, there's, comforting. Yeah. There's this rhetorical, like if God would have paused, yeah. like there could have been a rhetorical yeah. pause. Dot, like, dot, dot. But I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd think like Moses should say, okay, great. Okay. Sounds good. I'm yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly and, and, and it's right. just of all the things God could say there, yeah, um, that He'll do or He'll supply or He'll provide. He, he doesn't. He yeah. just points to His presence. Mm. I will be with you, and, and it's again so easy to relate to what a comfort that is as human beings. Mm. It, uh, you know, Greg, in a self-deprecating way, talked about if, if you have problems, you know, with your <laughs> your technology or your furnace or whatever, Greg's presence would not be a comfort no. to you. No, it would not. I was thinking, yeah, and if we're traveling, I would like him to not be on my flight. <laughs> <laughs> he won't have a phone charger. Yeah. He won't have clothes. He won't have... <laughs> the, the, the plane will get stuck on the tarmac. That's right. That's right. But there are plenty of situations we can relate to as human beings where the presence of somebody who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. is is all the comfort you need. You, you can be completely overwhelmed and somebody shows up who knows exactly what to do in that situation and it's just like you're completely at peace. You yeah. know, oh, an expert is here. Yeah. Some, somebody is here who can actually do something about this. Well, you know, you know I'm terrified of flying. <laughs> Mostly because of the thought of dying in a plane crashes. A fiery one the, flame. One of the worst ways I think you could go. Uh, <laughs> and as I've never liked flying, but as I've done too much flying, that I just have to deal with it. But especially when I was younger, when I was like a little kid, and I still do this, I'm not afraid to say it. When the plane is doing all of its acrobatics because we're at turbulence and things, you feel like, okay, this is it. Here we go. I don't know if you do I this. don't, but you do. I, yeah, I know you don't because <laughs> I know you won't do this, but I look at the flight attendants. What are they doing? Mm. Because if they start sprinting down the aisle and like screaming, then I'll panic. But nine times out of ten, they're just sitting there like, I do this every day. What do you want from me? I'm glad you have a way to cope there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, you you look to people who who know what they're doing, have assurance, like and they freaked out. And you find some peace in that of like, okay, if if the if the pilot comes running out with a uh, parachute on then I know I can start panicking. Yeah. But until that point... Well, I, I think a recent example, um, you, you know, you helped me repair some cement in my driveway. Yeah. Um, I don't have experience doing cement work like that. You do. So it's the kind of project like, sure, I, I could try it. I could mm-hmm. tackle it myself. I could watch some YouTube videos. <laughs> but to have you there and you're looking at it like, oh yeah, this is here, we'll just do this and that. That's an empowering, yeah. reassuring thing. So, so think about, you know, multiply that infinitely. Yeah. The God of the universe, the God who made all things, totally. just saying, it just answers every possible mm. future what if question. Yeah. Well, what if this happens? I'll, I'll be right there with you. Yeah. Well, what about this? Don't worry, I'll be there with you. Well, every what if, and the, you know, the thing about what if, it's so powerful, this, you know, getting the application, how, how does this affect us? Um, the essence of all of our, Fear, our worry, our anxiety, mm-hmm. our all of these emotions that that trouble us and paralyze us in life. Um, so often they're related to those what if questions. We're yes. looking at the future, saying, "But what if this happens? Yeah. But but what if that goes wrong?" And and the thing about what if questions is you can never answer them because they're purely hypothetical. So mm-hmm. even if you try to rationalize through, 
okay, well, that won't happen. Right. E- e- immediately the thought comes back, yeah, but what, what if, if it does? That's right. And and the only way to put to, you know, to silence those what if thoughts that run wild in our minds mm-hmm. is not to rationalize through it won't happen. Maybe, maybe it all, will. I can't think through every contingency. Right. I can't, and I can't control any contingency. It, it really is. I think you're exactly right. It's, and we experienced, Jamie and I experienced this as we considered moving and, yeah. you know, from our story that we said a little while, I mean, there's way more we could think through, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> what that, what that phrase, I will be with you, what that does is it engenders and bolsters and strengthens faith mm. because it says, essentially God is saying, trust me. Right. That yeah. That's the call. Yeah. He's not saying, well, here's what we'll do, or here's my plan for that, or here's how I'll handle it. Nope. Right. Just... Just trust me. Yeah. Trust that I will be with you, and and I will. I'll provide. I'll lead. I'll and, and not only is it a call to trust him, it is a call to obedience. Right. Because implied there is, I will be with you. He's already commanded him to do something, mm-hmm. and Moses immediately protests. But the the reassurance with the phrase "I will be with you" is both reassuring and that. He is trustworthy and good and engenders faith, mm-hmm. but not just a faith that just adheres yeah. in our mind to, okay, I guess, but actually is the type of faith that will push Moses back to Egypt mm. enough to overcome all of these sure. things, all of his protests. It will be the thing that sends him away. Yeah. Now, God's going to do a lot more, <laughs> but but I just think that statement of, I will be with you, it has a... Um, an obedience bolstering thing because yeah. it says no matter what comes, you will learn to trust me more. Yeah. As 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 life plays itself out, it just it has a deepening effect. Yeah. And we I mean we've experienced that. That's just such a man. It just anxiety has just such a way of jumping on us, right? right. Like, and it's you know it's not like it's happening on us as if we're it's an exterior enemy. No, it's my own doubt. Mm-hmm. But but that's it. Anxiety is me doubting God. Yeah. He's not here. He's not good. He doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm panicking. Now I got to think through all the contingencies. Yep. And I just need to, and then that and provide just, for myself. That's right. Yeah. yeah and it, you know, when Barbara and I, when Barbara was pregnant with our twins mm-hmm. and there was one of those early ultrasounds where they first saw that there were some things wrong, uh, we had shared that with some friends and a, a friend of ours, very well-meaning, um, tried to comfort us by saying something like, it will probably turn out to be nothing. They see a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's pretty common in ultrasounds. And that's true. You know, a lot of people get some kind of, well, there's a chance that, and it turns out to be nothing. So he, he wasn't wrong in that comment, but at the end of the day, there's more hope than somebody trying to reassure you, oh, don't worry, that won't happen. Right. Because all of us, sooner or later, go through situations where the what if, our it's greatest true. fears do happen. That's right. And so we, we need something more than somebody else who also doesn't know the future saying, right. oh, don't worry, that won't happen. Right. We need this comfort. I will be with you. It's, li- it's like you're kind of, <laughs> you're the captain. You got this a first mate and you're pushing out of harbor and you see storm clouds off the distance. It's like, ha- it's the difference between having a first mate that will say, it probably won't hit us. Right. And <laughs> a first mate that says, We've got enough ballast in our boat. We'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. I've, I've been through these before. I, yeah. know, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a remarkable comfort mm. to Moses. And then to, to see that it's, it's so relational, right? So like you were saying, it, it's not merely 
um, doctrinal knowledge about God, That's right. where Moses' faith now just consists consists of knowing certain theological right. doctrinal truths about God, so he could take a theology test and pass it. That's right. Like you said, no trusting this is going to do something. It's going to mm-hmm. move him into action by believing it. It's going to empower him to take steps and return to Egypt and That's actually right. carry out the task that that God gave him. Mm. Um, well. So that, that's, that's the promise. And then God's name. Mm. Moses says to God, verse 13, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Which seems like an identifier in itself, right? That, which God? Well, the God of your fathers. Yeah. The covenant God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You should know. <laughs> and they ask me, What is his name? Mm. What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And as Greg pointed out, there, there are kind of several parts in which God uses that name. Verse 14, I am who I am. Mm. God says again, say to the people, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses. So it's interesting, even the way it's narrated, that you have these three, mm. God said, God said, God said to Moses. That's right. Rather than just putting it all back to back, it's, it's broken up. Yeah. God says, say this to them, and say this to them, mm-hmm. and say this to them. So I, I think in that repetition, we have the assurance God means to be known. Mm. God wants his people to trust him. Um, God is willing to say it in different ways (laughs) so that we understand. Even just looking at this text, look look at all the words Moses used to describe God. He he referenced him as God said to him, Mm -hmm. his name, I am who I am. Mm -hmm. So Moses already has a category of God said to him, I am who I am. Say to this, I am, the shortened version, is with you. God said to Moses, say this to the people, the Lord, the God of the fathers. So already he's used, what, is that three, four versions of mm-hmm. what, how to reference this, this, this God. Yeah. But I mean, what are we to do with that name, right? Mm. <laughs> I am, what do we learn about God? Yeah. Because this is, as you know, the, this is the, until Christ, the pinnacle of God's revelation. Like, right. This is as clear as he's ever been. He's giving his personal covenant mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. to Moses. And he calls himself, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. That, And then he uses it in a sentence. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am has sent you. How, how can a phrase be a yeah. subject? But mm-hmm. I, think, I think what this heightens is, and you kind of have to know, you kind of have to, it heightens when you know Eng, well, English or language, but... The subject, like in English, we have subject, subjects, verbs, mm-hmm. predicate, and the verb to be, I am, usually requires either a predicate nominative or predicate adjective, either like I am Matt or I am tall. Like it requires a thing that it is. That you're asserting. That's right. And even Jesus himself uses this, right? Like I am the way, the truth, and life, right? I am the good shepherd. I am the door. What? He uses that to to convey, but God here just clearly just states, "Well, I am, I am." Period. Period, and, and meaning, there's nothing you could put behind that phrase mm-hmm. to sum it up. Yeah, there's no predicate that could. It gets to the what theologians call the aseity of God, His mm-hmm. independence, His self sufficiency. He does not need Moses. He does not need Israel. He does not need His creation. He is other. Yeah. He just is and we just because we are we are not the creator we're the creature we are only dependent we have to have something after that verb i am something in relation to other things 
So what do we learn about God here? Mm. He, he is. Yeah. And that... Which seems so short yeah. and kind of mysterious, but it's so profound mm. and inexhaustible. Right. He is. He will be. He will be what he will be. He has always been what he's always been. His, uh, yeah, like you said, his, his independence, his um, self-sufficiency mm-hmm. is another way to state that. He, yeah. he doesn't depend on anyone or anything. And Greg pointed out, like, the bush. Th- you know, if you need help thinking <laughs> about right. self-sufficiency, well, think about a fire that doesn't need wood fuel. as fuel yeah. in order to burn. It just burns because it can burn. <laughs> it's just has <laughs> gone. It's just amazing. And we can't lose sight of it. That that because we can sit here and talk about that for the rest of yeah eternity. That God came. Mm. <laughs> he he's addressing Moses. He's mm-hmm. coming and he's stated his purpose. I come to deliver. Yeah. I knew, I've remembered, and mm-hmm. I've come down. Mm-hmm. Just like there's just a a weightiness that you feel reading this text mm-hmm. that I am, say to the people. I am sent you. Yep. And say this, the Lord, the God of your fathers, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered. That just has such a, like a, yeah. a gravitas to it that Moses, I can see why Moses, you know, at the end of that, he, he heard and was afraid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he appropriately so. Right. Yep. <coughs> yeah. It, and again, Greg helpfully said in the sermon, we should expect there to be a large degree of mystery Mm. we are talking about the eternal self-sufficient god of the universe you know we would not expect whatever he reveals his name to be that it would be something where we just go oh okay i get it oh sweet yeah (laughs) oh that makes sense you know it's it's god is not reducing himself into a box Mm. he's opening you know like a pinhole through which we see (laughs) we catch a glimpse but he is infinite and inexhaustible and so we would not expect that whatever glimpse we catch is an exhaustible understanding Mm. uh, exhaustive understanding of of who god is and and yet it's not um total mystery Mm -hmm. some people take that approach where you know they would say well uh God is so great, he can't be understood by us at all. Human language right. can't even accurately talk about God. And any attempt to describe him is just, you're just, yeah. that's, you can't know that. Which, you know, the, the we could get into the, the, <laughs> the, the problems with that. Yeah. They are claiming to know something about God, namely that God is unknowable. But we could be confident God made us with the capacity to know him. That's right. Not exhaustively, but rightly mm-hmm. and accurately. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's mystery, but it does reveal something we can understand mm-hmm. and, and and through it we get a sense of God so like you said we could go on and on all the things implied in that name but we see his eternal nature um, we see his independence yep. we see his unchanging nature his covenant keeping nature his relational nature yes I, I, here I am with you I am yeah. and I will be and I will be with you yep. so so and much I'm to about be, God and I'm to be remembered yeah meaning he's not going anywhere yep I'm <clears throat> I am coming this is my name Forever, He intends to have a relationship not just with Moses and that generation coming out of Egypt, but with generation after generation forever. Totally. He is taking for himself a people for all time. Yes. So, so much about God's character. Man, I, I think reflecting on this, um, th- that, the, the, the character of God um, and his independent nature 
is such a comfort. Mm-hmm. Again, Moses going into unknowns, all the what ifs and the contingencies, the promise, I will be with you. Who is it that will be with him? A God who has no needs. You know, right. when you are in need, then you're only helped by people who have some margin, some mm-hmm. capacity. They have extra resources right. of some kind, time, money, skill, right. something. Right. If, if you know, somebody comes along who is drowning in their own problems, they can't really help you. Um, they just don't have any margin for it. So when God comes along and he has no needs, mm. he's just an infinite yeah. reservoir of right. grace and power and energy and goodness and all of that. And he's saying, I'm going to be with you with all of all that I am, right. all that I am. And to, as we said, to be honest, it would take that type of God to stir Moses enough to go yeah. back to that land yeah. to deal with that Pharaoh, to deal with, mm-hmm. like you said, the suit, like, at this point in his life, Moses had to be pretty okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm, I got my family. I'm set up. I'm living the dream. Out in the wilderness. I'm just a shepherd. You know, I get to walk around. And then you break into my life. You, it's like the genie. You woke me up. You brought me here. <laughs> but, but it's that type of God that says, you're going to go back to Pharaoh. You're going to deliver them. Mm-hmm. But I will be with you. Mm-hmm. That it would take that type of sovereign God yeah. to who is clearly sits above Pharaoh. Like yeah. th- there's just going to be a recognition from Moses that you are the God that is going to be remembered forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just striking how it's just, it's just striking how he, he speaks to him, but he doesn't just speak to him. He gives him signs. He says, what he said, verse, and you shall be a, this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you, mm-hmm. and you've brought the people of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain. So it's not just a promise that you're going to deliver. You're coming back. Yeah. You, and I will bring you back. Yeah. There's this, all the promises of God made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and to Joseph and to, to, to all of them is all now finding itself. It's all marching towards something. Mm-hmm. And the good news for us is that it doesn't stop mm-hmm. there. It keeps going. It it keeps going all the way into the conquering and eventually to the kingdom, into the exile that would all set the scene for Christ Mm. to come and to bear our sins and to become an even closer, you know, an even closer intimate revelation of God. Yeah. And then for that, even that, it gets better. Pours out his spirit. (laughs) He just pours out his spirit on us. Now we're united, not only, not only reconciled to God himself, to the father, but to each other and to, um, to those who sin against us. And yeah. It's just is a, it's a sweet word. It is sweet. And, and you know, what stands out to me is here, here we are half hour into just talking through it. Mm-hmm. Things that are familiar to us, having read and studied theology, mm-hmm. we have, you know, it's not like some new revelation right. about God. And yet I'm reminded, um, the effect it has on our souls when we stop and meditate yeah. and the, the spiritual discipline, the, the habit of grace that it is mm-hmm. to do that in community where you're talking through. It's one thing to sit there on your own and try to reflect and think and, you, you know, maybe your mind wanders and you are thinking about all the things on your to-do list. And But when you sit down with somebody else and you're, you're thinking, but you're thinking out loud, you're putting mm-hmm. into words, this is what God is saying. This is who God is. And, and then you're making connections to 
wow, that, that's exactly what I need to remember mm-hmm. about God right now in what I'm going through. Yeah. He's with me. He will always be with me. Yeah. I don't know what tomorrow holds, and it freaks me out, but he's going to be there. And mm-hmm. again, I just um, Greg made a comment in the sermon about um, looking to the future. He, he said he didn't say God is going to be there. He said God is there. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, or maybe stuff in your past, God is there. Mm-hmm. Not God was there. Mm-hmm. He is there. That That's... That's a game changer. Right. right. I don't think it just in terms of like God marching along stuck in time with us, but being outside of time in the past, God is there in the future. God is already there. Mm. Like, think about the comfort that is uh, our uncertain future. God's already there yeah. and he's not overwhelmed by it. He is who he is and he will always be that for us when we get there. That, that gives us peace. And think of what that does for your, for our assurance yeah. of assurance of <clears throat> my past, like I think back on my past, I'm like, I don't deserve any of the happiness I have. Mm-hmm. I've sinned against God, I've sinned against people, I've screwed up my life, all these things. Well, God is there. Yeah. And he's not only there, Christ is there. Yeah. And he's paid for those sins. Mm. And what that does for the future, too, of like my assurance, ah, man, what if I, I'm feeling okay right now, but man, yeah. what if it all comes crumbling down? And what if my, I, you know, destroy this and destroy that and I... No, no, God is there, mm. and you've been bought by Christ, and, mm. are, and he is bringing you home. And it all rests in this, just this, these two phrases of, I am who I am, mm-hmm. and I will be with you. Mm-hmm. Those words spoken to Moses, just think of the effect, the effect that we feel is just, that's, that's the effect on the soul. Mm-hmm. That's what you said, like meditating. It's one thing to sit in my, in my kitchen table early in the morning waiting for my coffee to brew and I'm just sitting staring at words and I'm telling myself meditate, meditate, meditate. <laughs> it's another thing to sit with with somebody that you love and are in community with and trust and to that you both are that's what's so unique about this book is that like on a you know a four o'clock in the afternoon we can sit and open this and just be affected mm-hmm. by the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the strength of yeah. God that He will deliver us because He delivered Moses and He delivered the Israelites and Hopefully no no other word can do that. That's right. No other book can do that. Yeah. So hopefully to, to many others who've read this text, mm. heard that sermon, practicing that habit this week, joining in, mm. huddling with others and just talking through it. I, you know, my encouragement would be think about it, talk about it until it moves your soul. Yeah. It sets in not just as like, oh yeah, I, I know that already about God or I've heard that already, but that, that it affects you and mm. gives you peace and joy and comfort in knowing God is who he is mm. for you. So what a good word. Yes. Thanks, Matt. Oh, awesome. Till next week.